Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the Life Success Legacy Podcast. Joined here by a rowdy group of Mikes. Got Mike Everett, Mike Crawford, Mike Kwong. Good morning, Mikes. How are you? A bushel of Mikes. Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> we only recorded on a Wednesday, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <holiday>, day, baby. <laughs> so, um, last week we recorded, and I think it's out now. Um, we recorded Mike Everett. We were talking about those conversations over the holidays and things like that, and whether to go there or not with people and how to go there and all that kind of stuff. And Mike Everett, you shared the three circles, right? You I talked did. about the the people on the outside that don't know you. You talked yeah. about the people that you do life with, but you don't they don't really know you. You know, the people in your social circles, your church circles, your sports circles, et cetera. And then your inner circle of people that they know you, right? Family like and that. really close friends. And your, your, your conversation is with everybody is do not start in the, in the center circle, right? They think you, yeah, they think you've joined some cult. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about three other circles. Okay. And, um, back in the day, not too long ago, but back in the day, um, Simon Sinek, for those of you who. You're probably familiar with Simon Sinek's work, uh, wrote a book called It Starts With Why. His TED Talk, I read some information, at least at the time I read it, or when it was written, it was the third most watched TED Talk, uh, It Starts With Why. If you're not familiar with uh, Simon Sinek's work or this TED Talk, I personally highly recommend it. It has driven me in many facets of my life as I think about things. And he uses, he introduces a model he calls the golden circle. And it's three circles, just like Mike Everett. So, so in the world, we've got Simon Sinek and Mike Everett that are shaping minds in the world, right? Right next to each other, right there. <laughs> let's, let's not get crazy. <laughs> we'll get Mike Everett on a TED Talk. There you go. He I'd did. love it. So Simon Sinek, he's got three circles, and he's talking about um, organizations, businesses, but it can even be individuals, right? And he talks about this golden circle, and he talks about how most organizations, they have the outside circle, which is what they do, right? And he uses examples like Apple or Martin Luther King or the Wright Brothers, you know, those kinds of things, and he contrasts them with other businesses. So the outside circle is what? The middle circle is how, and the inside circle is why. And what his position is in his research is that he found that those businesses, those organizations that were really transformational, they didn't start with what they did. Mm -hmm. They started on the inside circle. They started with why they did, why they do it. Then they explained how they did it. And then what they did. And so just as an example to, to give some context to this, when he talks about Apple as a company, he's like, there's lots of, been lots of computer companies out there, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
that had talented engineers, designers, et cetera, why is it that Apple is Apple? And it's because their inside circle, their why, is to challenge the status quo at every point. Mm. Their how is they make well-designed, sleek products, and then the outside is, what, you want to buy a computer? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, but many companies are focusing on the, hey, let's sell a computer, and then they work their way in. So, interestingly enough, this is rolling around in my head, gosh, Mike Everett, how many years ago? Um, let me just say real quick, where we're going with this podcast is, we want to, we'll touch on our why as life, success, and legacy, but we actually want to share with our listeners and encourage each of you to think about what is your why. And we want to share our original why. And as Mike Kwong will say, you know, it has changed over the years. But before I got into teaching, coaching, IBC, for my family individually, when I was introduced to the concept and knew nothing, what was my why? That's that's what we want to get to. Before we go there, though, Mike Everett, um, we have a why we exist at Life, Success, and Legacy, and it's one of my favorite parts, <laughs> stories of Life, Success, and Legacy on a dark highway in Iowa. Oh, man. <laughs> so will you share with the listeners just that kind of evolution of why Life, Success, and Legacy exists? Well, I remember uh, Chris and I used to get in the truck and we used to drive all over the place. We would go to Lincoln. We would go to Omaha. We would go to uh, Des Moines. We would go to Pella, Iowa. We would go to Springfield, Missouri, Wichita. We had been so many different places. It's unbelievable. And of course, when I first got in here, all I was interested in doing is getting in front of a bunch of people. It was really a, it was a numbers game. I, I didn't have any idea really how to really make the engine really work with business. All I knew was I love people. <laughs> and uh, I remember we left a, uh, a boot camp on, uh, in Pella, Iowa. And golly, I don't know what year this was, but Chris and I hadn't been connected in in, in our IBC world more than maybe two, two and a half years. Mm, probably so. At the very, yeah, at the very most, we weren't even business partners at that point. <laughs> and uh, I remember, you know, if anybody knows me, I want to get from point A to point B and I want to get there as fast as I possibly can. And if you're riding with me in the F-150, you better step <laughs> yourself in because that's the way I not only... Uh, drive i raised my kids that way i mow my lawn that way <laughs> i think there's still a, a picture of mike everett's mugshot on a highway patrol office in iowa there could possibly be <laughs> but uh we got done with our uh with our event in pella iowa and we decided to leave for home mm. at around 7 seven thirty at night now it's dark it's like what February? Yeah, it was cold. February, March, somewhere mm -hmm. in there, and uh, all of a sudden, Chris Bay 
in his infinite wisdom and his uh, kind of get in your face kind of attitude. Translation is annoying, get in the weeds. Oh, man. <laughs> he started grilling me and asking me questions about how this all started and what what I was really looking for and asking me a whole bunch of super ultra personal questions and I'm just bearing down on the highway. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, it, it was like, first of all, it's a it's a four hour and a half drive home from Pella, Iowa. Mm -hmm. No, no getting around it, even at the speed that I drive. Yeah. And I remember we got to maybe the Kansas line out of Missouri and then Chris Bay after asking me question upon question things that I had experienced in the in the time that I had been involved with IBC and and what I was really trying to achieve this and that he read this statement to me now, I hate starting like this, but Chris Bay kind of knows what he's doing. I hate to say that out loud. He literally said to me after we got, after we got, I mean, it was almost four hours into our drive home. He says, I need you to listen to this. <laughs> and he said, why does life, success, and legacy exist? to inspire financial hope and freedom by revealing little known truths about money while investing in trusting long-term relationships. And <laughs> I began to cry. Yeah, you did like a baby. <laughs> I mean, I actually, I actually had to slow down because it was, it was overwhelming because that is truly what what we did but i didn't know it because we were taking time we were taking energy we were taking trips to go invest in people and learn what they wanted to get out of this thing what did they want ibc to do for themselves their families their businesses and i thought holy cow I couldn't, I couldn't have done this though without now my business partner, because now we really truly, the dotted line on the highway is where we stay with what life success and legacy does. We don't go right. We don't go left. We stay on the dotted line and it has made what we do simpler. It's made how we do it much much easier but then we have a thought process that truly supersedes anything concerned about sales concerned about life insurance concerned about because we're really concerned about each and every family each and every person that uh comes to the table and wants to learn about the infinite banking concept. So if if you've come to a, a webinar, a Monday night webinar, we we get this mission statement 
out very quickly because the trusting long-term relationship is our true why. Yeah, well. What are we doing? Because if we've got people coming to us that want to put $2,000, $5,000, $10,000, $100,000 into an IBC plan, we better have created some trust. This is why we have our process. This is why we know about you and your family. This is why you know about us and what we do. The, the investment that we make in you and your family, the investment that you make in learning about us and what we do is key to why I believe life, success, and legacy and these three other Yehus with me and Shelly and our team, this is why I believe that we have been semi-successful. Thanks for I did good on I did yeah. I did good on that without that, getting all tightened up. <laughs> you did great. Um and it's true. I mean we circle back around um and 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 reflect on our why we exist and go, hey mm. Has this changed for anybody? Is this still a driving force? Does it still bubble up for us? Does it give us that <laughs> that feeling that why we get up in the morning, why we do all the coaching sessions, why we don't charge for coaching sessions? Mm. Um, I mean, as we've said to people, we feed our families off of commissions from life insurance companies. We do not charge wow. for anything, any mm. of the services that we provide for people. And we like that. That's, that's, but that goes back to our, why we exist. What struck me is nowhere in why we exist. Does it talk about infinite banking or life insurance? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not in there. Oh, look, my bubbles. <laughs> that's yeah. a celebration. It is a celebration. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very, uh, proud of life success and legacy and, and who mm. we have become and how we serve our clients. And, uh, I'm grateful, very grateful. Mm. It also makes Me it very too. clear as to who is not a good fit for us because it does. not interested in long-term trusting relationships. Uh, I mean, I just was on a, a consult with someone the other day and I mean, I was showing them my policy tracker. I was showing them our income snowball, like straight off of my Google Sheets. They're like, nobody shows us their personal stuff. I'm like, why do I care? Like, yeah, we're all in this right. together, right? That's right. So if we're going to get into this, let's let's get into it. We're, we're about trusting long-term relationships. So, yeah. Okay. Any guys, before we get on to our personal wise, rolling back the clock to our personal wise, um, either the Crawford or Kwong, you guys have anything to say about the life success legacy, why we exist? No, I think, you know, for me, it was, you know, I think you guys developed that shortly after we had rebuilt the rep, the website back in 2014 Everett does that sound right I like, think so that wasn't yeah. part of the original like before I was part of the team I just was you know working in a tech company is that when I you remember... said that his website was junk oh yeah <laughs> um, not he didn't actually say that to me <laughs> oh yeah no I'm pretty sure I did you were sitting at my desk and I was like oh yeah this is not great we got to fix this um and you pulled out your checkbook and there we go but uh, no, uh, I think uh, for me, whenever 
it sort of, you know, solidified after, cause I think I was part of the team at the point, you know, uh, you know, rough, loosely part of the team whenever the, you know, the why statement came out. And I think that it was a solidifying factor into the purpose of, you know, how we were going to function. It was sort of like the, I don't know, the catalyst the starting gun. It was, yeah, it was the, yeah. You know, Shelly was hired pretty shortly after that. Um, um, organizational structure started to occur, like processes started to get, you know, put in place. So I think that it was the, you know, that catalyst, that starting gun that really pushed us to, you know, create where we're at today, you know, seven, eight years later. <clears throat> Good stuff. Okay. <clears throat> so let's transition. And, and I, I think this will be, I hope this is helpful to our listeners. Um, because when we were talking offline, our clients that are crushing it with IBC and wherever they are in the four things that IBC does, right? Eliminate outside debt, build a pool of cash to finance your life, your investments or new purchases, whatever. Passive income and then tax-free wealth transfer. Wherever they are in that process, whatever their priority is, those who know their why, whether they can verbalize it or not, in our conversations with them, it's very clear what their why is. They're crushing it. Mm -hmm. And conversely... Those who don't, it becomes apparent that they don't know why they're doing IBC. They don't know their why. They struggle, right? Yeah. So I thought it'd be interesting to wind back the clock and to when we were all first introduced to infinite banking and, um, you know, had various questions or concerns about it, we're investigating it and all that. What was our thought press process individually and mm. what was our why at that time? And then Mike Kwong, as you've said, has kind of changed over time. So who wants to jump in with their their why? I'll start, I guess. Um, you know, more than a decade ago, like we were in a whole different place. Um uh young family, right? Relative to now. And I was still active duty in in Hawaii with everything so expensive. Um, we kind of knew, like, even before then, you know, we tried all kinds of businesses, um, and, and tried to work beyond like the wage. Right. Uh, but we both, my wife and I pay always knew like, there's, there's a better way, you know, it was always a, a suspicion of feeling that we had. And, mm. uh, and it wasn't like, um, as far as like what we were doing, but I think how we were doing things like with our money, uh, that really spoke to us when we found out about IBC, right? Because IBC is not an investment. It's not like a business or anything like that, but it's, it's a practice. It's a way that, or a behavior really, right. With banking that, that really resonated when I, you know, kind of learned of it. I was just, we were just like, oh my gosh, this is what, you know, we've been looking for. And, it, you know, it, you don't understand it overnight, certainly, but it was, something that was intriguing for me. I have a very curious brain, the two of us, that we broke it apart and uh, found out that it's just, you know, a matter of the feeling, I guess, it, it, what I remember is the feeling, right? And that feeling that I think a lot of people can share is that you're always running, you know, like against the stream with, with money in and out and it just keeps flowing and you try to, you know, grab some, you know, drops of that blood, but there's no way to kind of, uh, keep much of it but finally with ibc you know 
even with one policy, you, you can start to kind of, as they say, dig out a little bit of a, a ditch or, you know, a little pool, right? To start mm -hmm. at least swirls for a little bit. <laughs> and then as it builds over time, you know, you put, you built, pull out a little bit more of the pool. So um, it was just that where it was like, okay, finally, there's something that can give us some traction. And, and that's what it was, that feeling of, okay, we can at least hold our own, right? And over time, you start to build from that. So I just remember that feeling and just understanding, like, um, that, you know, we need this. We do, because, you know, the, the military income is what it is. You know, they provide for you in Chinese, right? It's it's called the, the wooden bowl, right? You can mm -hmm. feed yourself with it, but it's nothing fancy, you know, then you, you move up in the world with a gold bowl, you know, something like that. But, um, yeah, so our why I think is pretty common, you know, just to try to provide for the family, have something to pass on, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So meeting your needs, but then also legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I just know from knowing you and how important Jackie is to you guys and what you're trying to build for Jackie. Um, I mean, you've made comments over the years about her future. Yeah. And what you hope for, for Jackie. Absolutely. And, and, and back to that, like I saw, you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant technically, right. I grew up in, you know, the States, but I was born in the Philippines and seeing my parents, it wasn't about hard work, right. We, we knew that from seeing that, you know, they worked harder than anyone I knew. Right. And, and we didn't have anything to go for it as far as, you know, much uh, material things. So th that was also a clue, clue for me that, there has to be a better way, a smarter way, at least. Right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that like that's a really good, that's a really good starting, you know, conversation, the way that you guys, you know, kind of grew through so many different, you know, avenues over the course of time through your, you know, military experience and business ownership and all that stuff. And really just like having that hankering that there was a better way. Cause that's sort of where, my story was going is like, not just that I ran into Mike Everett when he needed me to rebuild his website, but I was struggling with the company that I was with. There was a lot of turmoil. It was extremely stressful. We were about to have a kid brought into the world. And I thought, you know, I can't, I can't work 80 hours a week and never see my family and make, you know, no money and be miserable while doing it, you know? And so it was just like, I got to find a better way. I didn't think IBC was that for me. And I'm, I don't mean that just like as a career, but like, I didn't think that it was, you know, <clears throat> the thing until I started really diving into it. And I had gone through like all of us, the 2008 crash, which, you know, all of us have, you know, been, you know, I was talking about even in this podcast a little, but I was young when that happened and everybody, including the financial guy that I was working with, who I didn't dislike, he was a nice young guy. But he was just like, oh, you're fine. You'll recover from this. And I thought, recover? Like, you know, 40% of what I put towards this, which I didn't have a lot of extra anyway, you know, was going, had just disappeared. Like, it was just gone. And, you know, I really struggled mentally from like 08 to about 2014, 15, when I, when I learned about IBC, watching that number, yes, it did come back. But in the seven years that it, after the fact, it barely ever got back to where I was before. And so I was like, okay, I put money in for these many years and then it, I lost 40%. And then seven years later, I'm mm. barely scratching back to where I was. 
And so my why really was centered around like this idea that I'm bringing a child into this world and down the road, providing for that child will be an extremely important part of my life, you know, and not just, I, I don't mean, you know, food and a shelter over their head, but like, how do I provide long-term? And I don't know that the word legacy would have been included, but just sort of not burdening my child with financial struggles down the road because of my poor decision-making, you know, and, um, it just, when the light bulb went off for IBC, um, you know, it was sort of like a lightning bolt. It was, you know, it, it just like jolted me into reality. It's like, oh, I can grow this and have the and asset have that, you know, I, I didn't know the wording at that point, but I just knew that there was more to it than anything I'd ever even researched in my life and, and as, as far as money goes and how to manage it and how to make it, you know, work for you. Cause you hear that all the time, right? Everybody says, Oh, you got to make your money work for you. Well, who is it really working for when it sits in an account and you can't touch for 30 or 40 years <laughs> or on the yeah. back side of that, maybe it works for you, you know, I guess, but what are you doing? Who are you working for in the meantime? Yeah. So I just, and I, I have a little bit of a <clears throat> disdain for authority uh, in the government perspective. And it just was, you know, I was like, you know, this this eliminates that completely. I get to do this on my own. And it's a contract mm -hmm. between me and that company. That that line in Nelson's book, that, that stood out to me. It, I mean, I probably still have it highlighted in my very first book. So. <laughs> That's my why is like, I just knew that there had, and I'm kind of repeating, I, there had to be something better. I just couldn't find it. And when it hit me, it hit me. That's good stuff, Crawford. Mike, everybody, you got to go. No, I'll go you you'll bring, go you'll bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, for folks who've listened uh, to this podcast, um, know a lot of our stories, mine in particular, and just as a single income education family with, with two growing children with, um, you know, various needs, mm -hmm. uh, we were, we were struggling financially. I mean, I, I remember I was a, a school principal where you're already, your life is <laughs> taken, right? You hope that they own you. And <laughs> I was training for a second job to get extra income. I was going to, I remember I was going to Sylvan Learning Center. Uh, I looked at oh, UPS man. and I was like, no, nah, I got a bad back. I can't do UPS. But I, you know, I was kind of excited. I was going to do deliveries on the side. Um, but I was like, yeah, I can't do that. I was like, well, I'm a teacher. So went and did training with Sylvan Learning Center. Actually, um, the gal who trained me is now a client of ours and Mike Crawford coaches them. <laughs> yep. She was training me and I was going to do extra hours in the evenings and on the weekends as a, as a tutor. And, um, we were just trying to find ways we were doing the whole Dave Ramsey and it was just this, our entire life. Like if you just got a sense, it was just like, you know, when you go in and they take your blood pressure and that cuff just gets mm -hmm. tighter and tighter and tighter. Yep. You're like, when is this going to stop? When's it going to release? <laughs> That's what it felt like for us. Uh, financially yeah. it was just getting tighter and tighter and we didn't know if there was ever a release and um mm -hmm. and 
you know, my folks, uh, my dad was a truck driver for UPS. Um, and my mom stayed home, uh, for most of my youth. And then she was a special ed para, um, and their choices were for me as a, as an only child, their choices were for me and they allowed me to come out of college without student debt. And, you know, mm. I went to Shawnee Mission East for those who know Shawnee Mission East, like the par student parking lot was way nicer than the staff parking lot. Right. <laughs> but that wasn't my family. And so, um, they did great for me with what they had. And I, I will forever be grateful for that. Mm. But I wasn't able to do that for my own kids. I didn't know how we were going to finance education and things like that. And, um, so when I first learned about this and this is coming off the heels of 2008 and the crash and losing, like Crawford said, a bunch of money I'd been putting in for 22 years into my 403B and then all of a sudden it's gone. And, um, so my, why the word that just keeps coming out was out of desperation, which is a negative mm -hmm. word, but I, I was so down that desperation is where I was coming from. And it, over time, I got to the place with Mike Everett teaching us and showing us and bringing energy in eventually <laughs> and doing my own research, um, eventually got to the place where I started to see hope and that we could provide for my kids, even if it wasn't you know glamorous, but we could provide for my kids' needs kind of like my parents did for me. Uh, now with, you know, 22, 25 year old, um, we've been able to do that. You know, my kids are walking out of college, graduating. My youngest is a senior now, and neither one of them are going to end with student loan debt. And we've been able to pass on a policy to Lily that she's now using to finance her life. <laughs> Even though it's small, she's, she's able to do that. And one of the things that gets me <laughs> super excited, <laughs> I'm talking about death benefit and I'm crying. <laughs> it's number four. Yeah. I I never thought I'd have a legacy yeah. for my kids. Come on now. Anything? So, yeah, that's my why. Bail me out, Everett. <laughs> Bail me out. Oh my goodness. This is, a, this is a role reversal, folks. I'm just telling you right now. It is awesome. Arba. Well, shoot. I don't Those know dang if I can kids, actually... man. Uh, it, it, you start talking about kids and all that changes. I'm telling you. So I I, I was – we'll get into my why, but, you know, when I, uh, when I started uh, researching IBC – I was at a, the same desperation. I was in a, I had been working for 18 and a half years for a local insurance agency. And I saw no path, no growth, no. And, and I had been doing my 401k. I had IRAs, I had mutual funds and I had just turned 50 years old and I was at, I was in debt literally above my head and I thought holy cow how is this 
ever, ever going to change for me. But yet, I, I, I'm going to, we want to inspire financial hope and freedom. And I had zero of that. Yeah. So this book jumps on my desk from a friend. And I started reading it kind of like I do everything else with reckless abandon. <laughs> and and I got I got literally to page forty five when the two twins were financing their vehicles. And I, I literally now I, I've got to do some qualifying statements. I dropped accounting one four times in college. <laughs> I was never, ever, ever going to work with money or work with numbers. And so what do I do all day now? I work with money and numbers, but yet there was a, a lack of maturity that happened during all of those previous years that somebody had come over and turned the rheostat up to 10 in my life. But yet through desperation, through struggle, through the, the, the tribulations of life, it actually narrows your path enough to where you can kind of see mm -hmm. the why. Mm -hmm. Well, I studied page 45, and of course, the twins, they only financed 11 vehicles. And at the time that I learned about this, we had gone through... 16 vehicles. So now my colorful language might come out. I was pissed. <laughs> and I thought, well, nobody oh ever taught this to you. I, I thought there, there is no way possible that this works like this, but why in black and white with numbers could somebody have not come to me and then I thought to myself, why aren't they teaching this in junior highs and high schools and colleges? It's because the system does not want you to know about this stuff. So that's exactly why Nelson used people just like us mm -hmm. to take it to the masses, to, to see if there was a way. So I literally got involved in this. And as most of the listeners know, I really didn't have any idea what I was doing, but I knew that there was something down the road that I needed to learn, something that I needed to digest in my whole IBC learning and education that I just wasn't getting it. I mean, I was following Nelson around all over the country. I wanted to know about this stuff. And that's when, uh, you know, I really, I reached out to Nelson and I said, man, I, I need help. And uh, do a little qualifying statement. I, I never grew up with a father. And so Nelson began to invest in me like a father. And I realized the, the investment that he was making in me was changing how I was going to be able to invest in others. And I began learning it, learning this stuff like crazy. And, you know, if you've listened to any previous podcast, you know for a fact that 
for the first two years, I have I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. But yet I was going to teach you how to do it. But then through some difficulty and through some sharing and through some honest internal reflection on what I was doing and my time with Nelson, I realized that there was a piece missing, just like we all do. And I don't care if this is learning in college or learning how to be a better father or be, be a better husband. There are pieces that we need, but we need them from those around us in order to make this happen. And so all of a sudden, when I realized that the piece was so simple, which was making policy loan repayments, all of the RIA stats in my brain went to 10. I mean, there, this was literally in early 2008. And I'm going to tell you, since 2008 to 125 of 24, that's today, my RIA stats have been at 10. I am actually more excited about why IBC, why we invest in our in our clients, why we have our process in place. Now, I'm and Chris said this earlier. I'm just a life insurance guy, <laughs> but, but we're going to talk about life insurance like this much. It's really about helping people understand efficiency of cash flow. How in the world can we get out of debt? How in the world can we teach people how to finance their stuff that they want to that they want to buy? How in the world can we create a system for passive income? And here's the deal. When I learned about this, I literally said to myself, I'm not going to be able to use this. I am doing this for my children. Now, keep in mind, when I learned, only had one kid at the time, but now I'm doing it for my kids and my grandkids. My kids were out of college or out of high school. One of them was actually out of college. But when I learned about this and I thought, holy cow, this is unbelievable, but I'm going to do this. And I realized what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand off a baton somewhere down the road and it, it's not for me. Yeah. But then all of a sudden when you start applying the principles and you start really truly at a gut level believing what you're doing, everything changes. And IBC has been a true, true gift. And um, it was given to me by obviously Nelson Nash, but yet now I know because of what he deposited in me, I've got three guys on this podcast that I'm hopefully depositing in them. And then we are affecting people all over the country now through our process, through our want, through our why we exist to be able to change future generations for the people that we come in contact with. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that was oh. uh, that was awesome to hear everybody's excited to go back in time and hear where we all were when we were mm. first introduced to infinite banking and what plays into it. Um what I heard from each of us, there's a common theme is is legacy. We're thinking about our kids. 
grandkids in some cases, mm-hmm. um, passing on that baton. Um, Mike Wong, I, I'm reminded that your Dibs book, Dibs on Your Money, was originally just written for Jackie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that highlights your why. Yeah. I, I, and you mentioned earlier, like, it's changed over time, too, right? I mean, you know, it may start from desperation and looking for something better for the family financially, but personally, I can speak to the fact that it's given me an avenue to kind of fulfill my, I think, um, you know, uh, purpose as far as, or, or skill set as a teacher, uh, one mm-hmm. of I've 1500 different careers I've had, I was a, a teacher <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as far as all the things I've done that personally was the most fulfilling thing. And, and, you know, where before I was teaching the Texas Teaks, all the things for school kids and everything, when it came to IBC, this was finally something that really I, I was invested in personally. Um, and, and I threw into learning about because it was helping my family, obviously, and the people around me. And, and the fact that I could now get to do that on the daily, just because I was doing it anyway, you can't, once you get, you know, you catch the IBC bug, you can't stop talking about it, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. get to do yeah. that. And so, you know, like I said, the why has changed, you know, money has obviously been, you know, stabilized and better, but um, man, I get fired up talking about this because it's like, it, it needs to be out there. Like Nelson said, you know, he never, he never trademarked it or copyrighted it. It was meant for everybody. You know, That's so it. That motivates me as a why, you know, I just wanted to add that as far as how things. That's super good. Absolutely. Yeah, I I share that. I love teaching, right? Um, yeah, and yeah. So this is an opportunity to to use those those skills with people. So in this podcast that is on YouTube and recorded, I lost my stuff and cried <laughs> in front of everybody. But if you want to go back into the archives, um, I remember sitting in Mike Everett's office interviewing Mike Crawford. You know where I'm going, Crawford, don't you? (laughs) But we weren't doing it on YouTube back then, so it was like this silence. Yeah, pregnant pause, we'll call it. Pregnant pause, yeah. You want to share (laughs) that story real quick? Do what? You want to share that story real quick? Because that taps into your Yeah, it was, I don't know, I must have been... Three years into my IBC journey, um, had a couple of policies already on me and Mary. You know, we had a kid. He was like three years old or something at the time. I can always track how long I've been a part of the the, the IBC family, if you will, because our first policies are like 13 <laughs> days younger than our son. And so I always kind of know right. um, where I'm at there. But, you know, we we were just like, we were we were moved because of stories and, and conversations to start getting a policy or two on on our kiddo and just having that coverage and that protection in case you know something happened and uh you know one of the things that really got to me at the time was the idea that you know down the road milo will never have to borrow money from a bank you know um you know the family system will have grown because he was three, you know, and we've added multiple policies, even another one on him since all of that, you know, in the last, you know, four or five years. And that entire process, you know, sort of like Mike was saying that got him all like moved early, Mike Everett, 
was, you know, this wasn't for him. This was for his kids and grandkids, you know, things of that nature. I felt like I could use it. I was 35 or 33 or whatever I was at the time when I first started. I was like, oh, I can use this. This is going to benefit me and Mary. But also when you get that first policy and, you know, MTL at the time would they still do, I think they mail you the physical copy policy and it's not necessarily the fanciest thing. I mean, it's just an insurance contract, right? Right. But holding that, it was sitting between us at the table at Mike's house, like, you know, with, you know, sort of just staring at us. And I mean, it was an emotional moment because of the idea that this is the beginning of like what's to come for not only our family, but for the generation, the generational like aspect mm. we wanted to create. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with with life down the road, but we knew that this was this like the the starting point for our little, you know, nucleus of a family. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, if you want to know somebody's why, you know you hit it when the emotion rises for them, right? When when, Amen. when they say that and you can see it in their eyes, you can hear it in their voice, yep. you're like, I know what your why is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's why we have um, the dream conversation that one of our long exactly. clients and friends and team members, Jeff King, does. Yep. Um, we want to know your fears, your worries, your dreams, your hopes, opportunities you want to capture. That is your why. And we design your infinite banking strategy based on your why. Yeah. So it's it's very individual for everybody. Yeah. So, all right. Any final words before we wrap up this episode? Fun stuff. We're good. We're good. Guys, thanks for sharing your whys. Um, And to our listeners, what we would encourage you to do is really dig down and and ask yourself, what is my why? Why am I interested in doing this? What am I I trying to create um, for the future? And if you have lost your why, um, connect with us. And we want to talk about it. And we have clients who will come back around again and do a dream conversation, a second one or a third one, because things have changed. Um, That is not uncommon. Um, So anyway, we just encourage you to really dig in and, uh, and ask yourself and your, your partner, if you're married, ask about your why and and dig into that. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we hope that you will join us again for our next episode, the life success legacy podcast. Check us out on our website at lifesuccesslegacy.com. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you all soon. Thanks.